Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Hold on, Sebastian, on the injury report this week. Yeah, recording from, once again, a new spot in my house, uh, because I am in, um, I'm recovering from ankle surgery, so uh, um, so it's a good time. Um, hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to actually leave the front door of my house and, uh, experience some fresh air and and first time in a week. So it'll be a good time. Um, so doing, uh, rec registrations open, right? Rec registration is still open. Discovery registration is still open. Tell a friend to tell a friend where we've got kids from age three all the way up to U19 if we have the numbers um, on the boys' side. Uh, so, in yeah, the, make sure you register. Well, as I say, in the coming two weeks, we probably will have a new announcement about, about REC, too. So stay tuned for that in the next Exciting news. Weeks. Exciting news about REC. That's right. That's right. I know I was talking to someone this week. They were like, you start at 3? Like, well, Kyle starts at 3, but not me. But, yes, we start <laughs> at 3 for the youngest kids. <laughs> Um, so that's exciting. That's exciting. So make sure you go register on DelawareUnion.com for all that information. Uh, I know my kids signed up. We're good to go. Your kids are signed up. I mean, I, well, I don't know. She, she, I thought she was. Did you sign her up? I didn't sign your kid up. All right. I'll go on our website and I'll sign her up. Um, <laughs> sign her up just like everybody else. That's right. Um, tomorrow, uh, Delaware Union Diamonds tryout uh excited to to come out there coach natalie's gonna go out there and help me out since uh i'm gonna be scooting around in my little scooter um so we're gonna be out there make sure if you want to follow all the news uh at de union diamonds on instagram and on facebook we announced a new player this week uh so we want to officially welcome leah green to the diamonds uh leah is coming to us from uh winthrop uh down in Winthrop down in South Carolina right on the border right on the Charlotte border yeah um so she is a junior uh there um and she's from from Middletown or not Middletown sorry she's from Avangrove um in Pennsylvania was born in Wilmington actually um I don't think there's any hospitals in Wilmington or in Avangrove (laughs) um so so really excited to have her on she's coming with a lot of experience uh plays played a ton this year out of the 15 games she started 11 of the games played in all fit and played in 15 of the games um historically has gotten a lot of minutes at, in the program so she's going to come in with a lot of experience and a lot of leadership and gonna be a strong strong defender for us so i'm really excited to have her come out um hopefully after this weekend we'll be able to announce some new players as well um so it'll be it'll be really exciting what we have going on with the diamonds um in the coming couple of weeks we'll kind of announce what our kids will look like as well um well brand new brand new you won't announce it on the podcast though because you can't see it no i can't see it can't see it we'll do an audio description of it um <laughs> but we're, we're excited to announce a new kids in, a, in the next couple of weeks um so really exciting stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I know it's it's kind of on it's, it's kind of on my calendar of like May through June, 
July, like that's it's a really, really exciting time. Um, so again, make sure you follow us at, at DE Union Diamonds on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, of course, follow the podcast on Instagram at D Soccer Podcast, DE Soccer Podcast, uh, for all of your updates on our podcast. Reach out to us. You want to be on the podcast, you want to shout out, reach out to us, let us know. We'll we'll get you on there. Um, all right, so we're talking again about futsal. So before we talk about like futsal news, uh, we got another we got another interview from the convention um, this week, or at the convention this week. We're we're airing the one with Keith Tozer. Uh, Keith Tozer is the um, technical director for U.S. Youth Futsal. Uh, he's also the commissioner for the major uh, indoor soccer league, right? Arena soccer league. Arena soccer league. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a commissioner. He's a commissioner for that. Um, so we talk about futsal with him. He has a lot of really cool insight on futsal and the the growth of youth of youth futsal in the country. So we'll listen to that now. Sir, he is the technical director for U.S. Futsal. Yep. How are you, Keith? U.S. Youth Futsal. U.S. Youth Futsal. Yeah. How are you? Emphasis on the youth. Well, I, I woke up this morning, so that was a positive thing, right? <laughs> so it starts my day off really well. Um, I'm looking forward to my last session uh, at 1.30, which will be uh, offense of the one three one system. Then at 4.30, I have a meet and greet with the Kansas City Comets uh, season ticket holders. And then we have our game because I'm also the commissioner of the Major Arena Soccer League. So we have the Comets versus the Coma Stars right across the street at the T-Mobile building. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. So how is uh, how has futsal grown in the United States, especially at the youth level, over the last couple of years? I think it's really boomed. I think finally people are understanding that futsal is a great sport on its own, but it's also a great developer of players. Um, you know, most countries around the world have married the two together, or they've been together. Um, me here with Anson. Anson couldn't come. Anson Dorrance is the head coach of North Carolina. He said that futsal is the game changer. Uh, so since he's won 22 national championships in a World Cup, he knows if, a little if he feels he it's a, a game cha- changer, then I feel that's a good message for other coaches and our con- country to try it. I mean, what do we have to lose? He did a session two years ago about this, right? Uh, yeah, him, him and I got together two years ago. We did a session in Baltimore. I remember that. Yeah, I and was it, was, it was standing room only. Yep. And it, it was fantastic. I've known Anson for a long time, and you know he called me up and he said, "Hey, can you come down to, to Raleigh? I, I want to add futsal to my ID for the for the girls, the women." And it, that was amazing because we we one day we went into Michael Jordan Stadium, right? And every hour was a different age group, and I didn't have to teach anything; just throw out a ball and go play. It was awesome. Did you get any free Jordans out of that? Yeah, I was looking for it, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what are some of the things that 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 you look when it comes to developing youth athletes when it comes with when it ties into futsal. What are what are some of the key technical components and the tactical parts that that play part in it? Yeah, well, what's great about the game of futsal? It's like street soccer. It, it's like what what the NBA players grew up in their cities, just playing street with no referee and no coaches. I mean, you're not, you're not learning 
how to do a step over it comes naturally so that the game that's what I love about it is kids can go and play because kids are always with coaches all the time kids are always with referees all the time and, and not only is it an important game for technical ability it's also how do we deal with each other you know it's always our parents helping kids with conflict but kids should help themselves with conflict so as they become adults they're going to be better right that's one thing that I really love about the game uh, obviously because you're playing on a small court your technical ability is only going to get better I kind of equate it to uh, we have two kids same age two ten-year-olds one goes to the driving range and one hits a thousand balls every day for five days the other player that equates to futsal the other player right next to them but they only hit 10 balls a day 50 so if you go 5,000 to 50 you now say that oh my god there's a big difference and futsal you're always around the ball the physicality of the court again creates quicker players if you look years ago the NBA players I think the tallest player was Manu Bowl he was seven foot but the rest of the players were like six four six five that was like the height of it we got players now that are seven feet that move like they're six three so I feel that the physicality will change then the thought process before you get the ball you have to be able to think about what you're gonna do prior when you put those three things together it makes a player confident and when a player is confident and has the other three Boom, success. We were just talking about this with, a, with another coach uh, about futsal, about scanning and checking your shoulder. I think that's a huge skill that we all in the outdoor game want our players to have. Mm -hmm. But in futsal, it's a requirement. If you have no idea what's going on around you, it's going to be tough, right? Yeah, you know, in outdoor soccer, you can hide, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you can, you can hide and... For, for, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you can't hide on a futsal court. So if you pass and you don't move, then everybody else is gonna know, oh my gosh, you know what, you're, you're kind of hurting the group. So that's another thing is, you know, thinking ahead and moving and looking around and making decisions prior to the ball. So I, I enjoy coming to the convention because one of the things that when, when we get to see the futsal court is you actually get to see the, the, right, the correct surface, right? That's one of the hardest things I think we find. So is there a huge difference between the actual futsal surface and us playing on a basketball court? No, because uh, you're playing on wood in the basketball court. I, I joked respectfully when I traveled the world, I say the United States has more futsal courts than any other country in the world because every elementary, junior high, high school, university, church, whatever, not only do they have one court, I mean, there's some high schools that have four or five or six courts. We took our U.S. Youth Futsal International teams two years ago or three years before COVID to Buenos Aires. And, and now you got American kids, mostly are from the suburbs, their parents are with them. And we go to the training center and the training center is underneath the expressway and we're training on concrete. By the way, when you play on concrete, you really learn how to defend with your brain because you're not going to be doing a lot of sliding tackle on concrete. <laughs> Definitely so, all surfaces uh, are great for futsal. When you, obviously, grass or artificial turf, you still could play it, but it's not the ideal surface. But yeah, basketball courts are great, and you don't really have to tape them. Yeah, you know. Uh, what, what's really cool, for the last five or six years, I've told futsal people, when you play in a basketball court, 94 by 54, that you could use the penalty arc as your, three, as your penalty area, right? The three-point shot as your penalty area. And you should be able to put the ball down inside that, that arc to your teammate because it makes the court bigger. Well, recently FIFA changed the rule that now you can do it, so. 
it works. Go. Yep. Well, I think that also makes it more accessible for more kids to play and to be able to like. So now it's not people just making up rules as they kind of go along. Now there is a there's a standard, right? There's some there's a way that you can play that makes sense that follows the rules. Because I think that's all. That's the other part, right? There's a wrong way to teach. And, and and we want to make sure that kids learn the right way of doing right? Yeah, you know, again, it, it's it's great because it's free play. But then, you know, futsal, obviously, there is some methodology. There is some uh, terminology. Um, and, and I think that's important. Um, you know, the goalkeeper rule, uh, some offensive patterns, how to defend. But again, when players play on their own, they... they the biggest teacher before coaches come involved is the game itself. So the more they play, the better they're going to be. Now, I was here, I was at the convention, I believe it was either in Philly or Baltimore, the first year that the United Soccer Coaches Futsal Diploma was was, was put on. Mm-hmm. I, I was there, I, I have it, I, I took, I took, I went through all those sessions. Um, how is the coaching education for futsal developed over the last six, seven years, ten years? Well, well COVID, uh, unfortunately came and fortunately that we developed the level one online certification course with US Youth Futsal so if you're listening to the show and you want to get coaching education the course takes about an hour and 30 to an hour and 45 minutes that's level one then there's a level two and that takes about an hour and 45 minutes deeper into methodology and systems of play but now we have that and now we're going to be ramping up a state course which is two hours of classroom and four hours on the court then a national which is a weekend and then an international a license which is for five days so there is more futsal coaching education coming out um and, and I think it's I think it's good for players and I think it's great for coaches it sounds huge because it looks like it's getting ready to grow the game you know, continue to grow it. You know, coaching education is always important, right? Because if the coaches don't know anything, how do we help the players, right? You know, you said there are directors of coaching in soccer clubs around the country that are maybe my age that don't know futsal because they didn't grow up in it. And because they don't know it, they can't teach it. And because they don't know and they can't teach it, they don't sell it. So younger people within the club, like you guys, you know futsal, you know the benefits of futsal, and you're going to these DOCs and go, hey, by the way, we just got killed by the, the, the team, you know, in the next community, and they're outdoor, but they use futsal. When are we gonna play futsal? So either those DOCs must learn it or hire someone that does in order to push it within their club. I'm starting to see that new generation coming. That's great. Um, I think you know, futsal this this year the World Cup was was televised a little bit more. Um, I I got to watch it. I, I watch it in, in Argentinian channels, and, mm. and I, I enjoy doing that. Um, do you think it's coming? Because at the Junior Olympics, it's not it's not there yet, right? The Junior Olympics, it is. It they is, ac- it they is. actually dropped. It was in Argentina. Yes, yes. And they, I watched that. Yeah. They actually dropped football, soccer, yes. in order to bring futsal, futsal in. Right. Do you think we're going to get to a point where it's going to the going to the Olympics? Yeah, I was asked that yesterday again. I, I think eventually, in, in 2007 at the Pan American Games, which is actually more sports than the, the Olympics, I coached the U.S. team in, in Rio de Janeiro. I would go to the other events to support them, diving, basketball, whatever it was, but the one sport that was sold out every game in Rio was futsal. So we were so happy about this. The closing ceremonies, I'm walking up the ramp where Pele walked up 
uh, into Metacanal and the, you know you take out the flame and Mexico's there because they're going to take and we're all saying okay now it's going to go to Mexico and then they're going to bring it in so hopefully one day it'll be Olympic sport now I've heard through the grapevine that U.S. Soccer will be announcing in April that we will have a full women's national team for futsal. First time ever. By the way, we'll be one of the best teams in the world in a short period of time. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe well, if you, if you look right, we're world champions in outdoor. Yeah. Uh, our girls play all the time. Um, other countries like Sweden, Japan, Russia, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, their women's programs are catching up. Okay. Uh, but I really think that in a short period of time will be great. So maybe with full men, full women, that might help the Olympic movement, and hopefully we'll get going. Well, I mean, listen, if anything, you just go to Anson and just get him to uh, let you borrow some players, and you might just be in business there. Yeah, you know, I, I love watching girls play soccer. I, I mean, they mature a little bit quicker than the boys, right? And then the boys catch up with them. Uh, Different teaching methods when you teach girls than you when you teach boys. You know, boys are more out there, girls more hurrah rah, and they want to listen and everything. Um, but I, I really, we just came back from Madrid. We took tens uh, through eighteens, boys and girls. So we took fifteen teams, and the girls always do great. No matter if we go to Buenos Aires, no matter if we go to Lisbon, Madrid, Barcelona, wherever we're traveling to, normally our girls play really, really good. All right, Dwayne, you want to ask me the final question? I've got two questions. Sure. So you, you said you're the commissioner of the Major Arena Soccer League. So where do you see, you know, in this, where do you see the Major Arena Soccer League going in a couple of years? Like, do you see your, yourselves expanding? Do you see like a second? I see you guys have a second and a third division. Like, where do you see? What's your overall like? I guess wish. Where yeah, do you yeah. Want to see it go. Well, a guy named Shep Messing, I don't, you guys are too young to know, the, you ever heard of the New York Cosmos? Mm -hmm. Okay, oh, so, so Shep played with Beckenbauer and Pele and Carl Silberto. And, so him, myself, and J.P. Della Camera, yep. who does all, okay, yeah, everybody he, everybody knows well, him. Well, and he's also, he's also part of the same women's league that we're a part of as well. That, that is true, UWS. with him and Shep, right? Yep. So we got together at, for the commissioner's job and then split the bucket up. So I'm commissioner, Shep is chairman, J.P. is president of media. And I think us three coming together really kind of woke up a lot of people who came through indoor beginning. Brian Smetzer, coach of the year in MLS, won, national, won, won MLS Cup, he started in indoor. Uh, Precky, two-time MVP, he started in indoor. Uh, Mike uh, Clemson, who just won the national championship, uh, he started in indoor. So indoor's got a big thing, but when we came, so many of the people that started in indoor, who are now in the NHL, now in the NBA, now in MLS, reached out to us and said, hey, by the way, how can we help? So to answer your question, the first thing we wanted to do was shore up the franchises that we already have to make sure they're strong. Normally, in indoor soccer, you got a new team in August, they played in October, they were in trouble in May. Now, a new team cannot come in unless they've been up and running for over a year, unless you're with another like AHL team or NHL team. So we felt that in three years, which is our contracts, that if we could take everything from A to Z, the refereeing department, the game itself, sponsorships, expansion. If we could do everything from A to Z and improve 25% in those areas in year one, that'll give us a good foundation to go to year two. Now we're up to 50 to 75%. Year three, we get to 100 and we're off and running. Awesome. All right, so yeah, last question. Name your three favorite soccer players of all time. Oh, wow. Uh, they could be futsal players too. Uh, indoor players. Oh, okay, yeah. Indoor, indoor, outdoor. Beach soccer. Okay, so let's uh, 
let's stay in my world. Okay. Uh, oh my God, there's so many great players in indoor. Uh, and I, also, by the way, I, indoor, I, indoor soccer and futsal, there's one thing that won't really stop you, and it's the weather. It's what? The weather. Weather, yeah. <laughs> well, I played on the beach in Copacabana in a tournament against Brazil, so you, so you can play outside too. Uh, oh my God. Um, I would say that in indoor, and I, I don't want to slight anybody, it's, Steve Zungel was fantastic. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was called the Lord of All Indoor. He scored over a thousand goals, but there was another guy who surpassed him, Hector Marinero, who played for me with the LA Lasers. He's fantastic. But then there was Victor Nagaro, who played for me, and he's one of the best goalkeepers in the history. Uh, if I go to futsal, I would have to say uh, Falcao uh, from Brazil was a, was a fabulous player. Uh, Ricardinho from Portugal, another fabulous player. Uh, Patau was a great target, you know, there. Um, outdoor, uh, I gotta go, I'll, I'll age my, I gotta go with Pele. I mean, the, the story of 17 years old, getting to the World Cup, helping them win the World Cup, his legacy, all the goals he scored, uh, if I had to name one player, you know, I'd have to go. I'd, I'd love Georgie Best, um, you know, and these obviously are older players, but um, there are so many great players in all the phases of the game that it's hard to kind of figure out. Thanks for that tough question. <laughs> Well, Keith, thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, wish you the best of luck in the in the indoor, in the, in the arena league, and then also in the futsal. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks best of luck for your session later, right? Yeah. yeah. Good luck for your session. Yeah, before I managed the game, and I've coached a lot of games, and i played in a lot of games, I love teaching. That, that's my passion. How do you take, if I was a school teacher, I'd rather take an F and D student and try to get them to be a B student or an A student than getting an A student and just maintaining them. So I love getting young players or national team or professional players and, and make good to great. That, that's my passion because when I look at a young person and I see that they see it, to me, that's awesome. That's success. Thanks. I think the Keith just told me I could, I could play on the... Yes. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. I, I just put you on the court. There. Yes, I am in. Just <laughs> point the direction. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, Duane. Um, let's continue on the futsal train. Uh, Copa America, futsal Copa America, finished up. Argentina wins. Somehow. Not somehow. Uh, beats Paraguay 1-0. Copa America champions on the men's side, on like the full national team and on the futsal team in the same like 365 day period. Huge. Absolutely huge. Um, beat Brazil in the semifinals on uh, on Saturday night. Um, and then turn around on Sunday and beat Paraguay. So, uh, so huge, huge for. Um... Argentina football, Argentina futsal, Argentina futsal, Argentina in general. Uh, just Argentina football. Just uh, yeah, Alan Brandi is the guy that scored the goal. He's actually from Spain. He was born in Spain. So he's not even Argentinian. Well, so he, I think his parents are Argentinian, but he committed to the Argentinian national team long ago. Um, decided that that's that's where the growth was going to be for him as a futsal player. Um, so he scored the goal. Sarmiento, the goalkeeper, came out big and huge in some in some really good, really good saves. Um, so my goal is now a big shout out to also our, our buddy Nicolas Noriega, 
Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll have him on. Um, he's actually coming up to Jersey uh, for this international like futsal tournament uh, or invitational in Ocean mm-hmm. City. Or no, sorry, in Atlantic City. In Atlantic City. They're going to be out there in the Atlantic City Convention Center or something like that. Uh, big futsal tournament. So he's coming up with the women's national team, with the Argentinian women's national team. So you never know, Dwayne. We might, you know, we might sneak out of the uh, out of the Pen Fusion Showcase and, and go out there for for a little bit. Just check it out. It's not that far. I no, mean, I got a new whip. Yeah, you go. As long as you're driving, because I, I I need to. I need yeah. To um. So yeah, and then the futsal Euros, um, futsal Euros, Portugal, um, once again winning the euros uh second time in a row uh beating russia um so huge uh a huge result for them they only become the only the third team to win multiple times um so uh spain has seven italy has two um so um so yeah so really really good stuff so big shout out to Portugal for what stuff in the world of futsal. And futsal's also, you know, it's growing too. I think I've that, yeah. you know, we're talking about this stuff, but it's going to grow in the U.S. and pretty soon we'll have a bunch of tournaments 100%. going on here. Yeah, we got one coming up, right? We got the Union Futsal Cup coming up uh, for boys on March 5th and the girls on March 6th. So we're trying to grow the sport here in little old Delaware. That's right. Maybe we can host the national tournament. Maybe. Uh, well, we got connections now. We know people. We know people. You hosted down. Yeah, we got connections. And we it's not like we down. know people that know people. We know. We just know the people. Yeah. So we. And we know, I know a place we can host it down in Dover. There you go. Perfect. Let's do it. Because we know somebody. Yes, that's right. Um. All right. So let's talk about the Afcon. Afcon finished up. Uh. Wasn't an upset. You don't think so? It was an upset. I don't know. Senegal, Egypt, two of the better teams. They both made it to the final. You think Egypt's better than Senegal on paper? I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Plus we'll never know because Salah never got to take his PK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sadio Mane misses a PK. During the regulation uh, time, uh, but then is able to kind of make it back and and score. Um, so you know, really, really good stuff. Yeah, uh, it was a good tournament. I think uh, you know we got to see some teams that were we expected to go far lose early, and we got to see some Cinderella s teams, you know, move on to the semifinals and. I mean, ultimately, I think it all worked itself out where you had two of the better teams play. Yeah, Cameroon, Cameroon beats um, Bukhari Faso. Uh, like, they were down 3 nothing with 20 minutes left to go, and then they tie the game and then win in PKs. Uh, so Cameroon got third place. Uh, I think also a big shout-out to kind of like a early player of the match to to the Senegal manager, uh, Aliou Cisse. Cisse. Yeah, uh, he was the captain of the 2002 uh, African African Cup of Nations 
squad and uh he missed the pk and shutouts and they lost to cameroon that year but you know obviously a historic figure in the senegal uh national team history now now the now the the manager for him so yeah went through as a player now now manager that's right into success he knows what it takes he does 100 does what it takes all right uh let's move on to player of the match all right i got two player of the matches Muslim name is starting 11. No, I'm just, I got two. I, they're for, well, one, one is, is well, one is an, uh, um, one is a, a, um, apology player of the match because I should have given her the player of the match like three weeks ago. <laughs> and I had this down and I forgot and, and it was bad. So, um, so my two player of the matches are, um, Soul Bamba. And Virginia Torresia. So Sol Bamba plays for Bournemouth. Came in the 118th minute against Manchester United. 37 years old. Um, comes in and takes one of the PKs that then allows Bournemouth to beat Manchester United in the FA Cup. Uh, in whatever the round of was of the FA Cup. Um, Sol Bamba recovered from uh non-hodgkin's lymphoma like a year ago wow uh or less than a year ago so um was a big time cardiff player was released by cardiff um and bournemouth picked him up so 37 year old soul bomba scores a really good goal and then the other one um and this is the one i missed i missed this from uh the end of january uh virginia teresia She's an Atletico Madrid player. Um, she returned to the team after two years um, because she had a brain tumor. So she had surgery for a brain tumor and was finally able to come back uh, and play. Uh, Atletico Madrid did not win the game. Uh, they lost 7-0. But, um, but, you know, she was able to actually return to the field. And what was really cool was that um, the Barcelona players uh, and the Atletico Madrid players all lifted her up together and like kind of gave her the whole like chant and everything else, regardless of the score. Ultimately, it's about the safety of the players and, and it's really good that she was able to make her return. So really, really excited for her. So good stuff. Your turn. So you only use one window, you know, for your substitutions to uh, name all your players of the match. Yeah. One of your five windows. If one of my five windows. One, if you get where I'm going with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, my player of the match goes to the Danny Alves for scoring a goal for Barcelona, getting an assist for Barcelona, and then also getting a very controversial red card all in the same game. And Barcelona I mean, won. I, I watched the game. I, did I, was too. Watch, I was watching what was happening. Like, it was – I don't know. I think – I don't know if he means to to like come down on his like on his on the on the back of his like like on his on his heel the way he does, but like in real time it didn't look bad. But when you slow it down and you zoom it in and you you can see the grass flying off of his studs, yeah, it looks terrible. And I think that's the problem. Like with VAR, like it wasn't a 
like I'm I'm reviewing it. Maybe I'm giving it yellow because in real time it doesn't look bad. When you like slow it down, like yeah, it's gonna look terrible. Yeah, I mean the, the reality is he hit him without a ball, right? Like he hit him from yeah. behind. So like maybe there's part of that into it, but yeah. Man, it's a tactical foul, right? hundred percent. But like when you like again, when you slow it down and you see like, oh my gosh, he's sharpened his studs before the game. Like, yeah. He's got this blade sticking out going in the back of this guy's cap, and it looks terrible. Like whatever, Barcelona still goes on and gets the win. Yes. With 10 men and roughly like what, like 30 minutes left in the game, 35 yeah. minutes left in the Jordi game. Jordi Alba, Jordi Alba, like the assist that he gave to Jordi Alba was fantastic, and the goal from Jordi Alba was sick. So did Jordi Alba hit it with his laces or did he hit it with his shins? So that's actually it's funny you mentioned that because. I was watching, so Sergio Aguero, who we know is now retired as a soccer player, has now gone to uh, Twitch to do streaming. Like, that's what he does for a job or for a living. Now. He was doing that before as, as a player, but he now he's kind of ramped it up. So they asked him to call Jordi Alba. So he called him live while he was, like, streaming. And Jordi Alba goes on and says that, like, after the game, in the like media, like in that media section, in the mix, like in the media room, they asked him, like, "Oh, did you hear that with your shin guards?" Like as soon as the game was over, so like no respect for Jordi Alba, who said, "No, I did not hit that with my shin guards. I hit that with my laces." So no, nobody wears their shin guards that low anyway anymore. No, no, everyone was wearing them really high up. Um, <laughs> it was a great goal though. Even if he did hit it with his shin. It's yeah, a great goal. Still a good goal. Still a good goal. Um, all right. So on this day in soccer history, February 11th, 1998, um, 18 years old, uh, Michael Owen becomes the youngest England international at the time uh, in the 20th century, uh, made his debut against Chile in Wembley. Chile won that game, uh, but Michael Owen made his debut. So in the 20th century, youngest player to to wear the England kit. So big shout out to Michael Owen. I got a new one on this day in history. Yeah, what? February 11th, 2022. Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. was handed the number seven Manchester United kit. Was that today, though, or is that like two days ago? I don't know. Literally, that was two days ago. It's, it's the day. It's today. It's today. You finally got the jersey today. Oh, you finally got the jersey today. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, him and somebody else got picked up or something, right? Like, I don't know. Gabriel? Yeah. I mean, we'll see if the kid is ever going to be what his dad is, but. I mean, he's know. played for all these clubs already, like his dad. Yeah, played for UA, played for Manchester. I mean, but you can't, like, how bad. All right, so let's, let's put this scenario out there. How bad does your kid have to be for the club not to pick him up? He's really bad. I mean, he's not good. You don't think he's good? I mean, so I think David Beckham's kid was bad. Brooklyn or whatever. I don't think he was very good. But they were, like, still picking him up. But I don't think he was ever good. Like, I think Cristiano may have a shot. That's my, that's my question. Like, how bad does your kid have to be for the club to not let you? Or or does it does it depend? Like, if you're Cristiano Ronaldo's son or if you're um, 
Uh, let's see. Let me find a player that is. I mean, I guess it's got to be like the coach's ego too. It's if like you're like Sebastian Lejetson. All right, Sebastian Lejetson. First of all, is paying to play. <laughs> he he's playing. He's playing for what is it? Uh, New England Revolution New England. Academy. No, he ain't playing for the Rev Academy. No, What's the club out there? Beachside. Beachside NEFC. He's not playing with NEFC. No, nah, he's playing with Beachside FC. He's paying to play. He's registering. <laughs> US, he's in the, he's in a U.S. club registration system. <laughs> so, so you're saying that there's a difference between the quality of player, like depending on how much your contract is, is if your kid's allowed to play or not. I think it's got to deal with the coach. It's got to be like if you got a young coach who's trying to make it through the ranks, he's probably going to play that kid because he's like, man, Cristiano's kid, like Cristiano is going to take me with him. Or if it's like some like older guy who's just like, man, I've seen it all. Like, you ain't good. See you later. I'll just send you off to training ground. Right. I mean, like, look at Gio Reyna, right? Like, his dad was a beast. He's a beast. Move through the ranks. Right. But that but that's my question. But like I'm talking about like the players that have that have kids like are that are currently on the squad. Like, for example, what's the uh what's his name? Uh what's the goalkeeper at Manchester City? Uh, Carson, his grandkids are probably so. So let's just say, what's his name? Ben? Is it Ben Carson? Ben, no. no, no, no. Ben Carson's the cardiologist. Oh, what's his Scott name? Carson? Scott Carson. All right. So Scott Carson's kid wants to join the City Academy at the same time as um, who's an other older player at City currently? Um, Fernandinho. Fernandinho's kid, right? So, so you got young Fernandinho and young Carson. Do you think they look at them and go, well, listen, Fernandinho has done more for, for this, for this club than, than Carson has. So Fernandinho is getting in. I mean, how old are they? Are they Let's like, say they're like, they're like 16 years old. I don't think so. Cause I think at 16, you're looking for the next big thing. 14. We name dropping? Are we name dropping at that point? I mean, you're probably you're you're probably name dropping for a tryout for a trial, and then you're probably getting sent to like Aldershot Town. <laughs> so if you're Carson, if you're young Carson, you're basically like you might as well just train in the backyard with your dad. You might as well. You might as well just go down to Aldershot Town and Fourth <laughs> Division and Sunday League and. Hey, hey, what is it? What was it? Uh, Kenny Knitter or whatever, or the team that almost, uh, almost beat West Ham the other day. Yeah, that's who you're going to train for, and that and those are going to be the, those are going to be the days you hope for. Yeah. All right. Well, this, this is a good. That was that was a fun little like, what if scenario. Um, what if? All right. I know uh, we could be completely wrong. Like they could have like a star-studded academy team. Like, here's all the kids of the players. Yeah. play on this team and then here's our like next up <laughs> all right uh fair play of the week who's your fair play of the week well fair play of the week's gonna go to the united uh, academy staff <laughs> for picking up ronaldo's kid for picking up ronaldo fair play <laughs> man fair play that's funny <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's played for every major 
academy club in Europe. <laughs> my my fair play of the week goes to Coach Natalie because uh, she covered my session on Monday. Uh, we'll potentially cover my session this coming Monday. Um, and she's helping me out tomorrow. Uh, also, shout out to Coach Sean for covering the 08s, but but he's usually there for those anyways. But big shout out to Coach Natalie for kind of stepping a little bit out of, outside her comfort zone. Yeah, shout out to uh, Coach Sebastian for losing the bags to the goals, so I couldn't use them on Tuesday. I didn't lose them. The bags are there somewhere. They ain't there. They're at MV somewhere. Well, I don't have a pickup truck, so I can't put the goals in the back. I don't have a pickup truck. They fit in my car. You have a car. So, um, all right. Well, don't forget to follow us, subscribe on the podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.